Welcome to the What's Your Drive podcast. It's your host, Bianca Sanchez, here to introduce the next episode of In the Box with Brad, the weekly download of the happenings within the Hirschbach community with our president and CEO, Brad Pinchuk. Kick back, relax, and enjoy. All right, we're back. Uh, this is our Friday video podcast. Brad Pinchuk here, and I've got uh, BK, Brian Colas. Good, mo- good morning, everyone. Good to see you, Brian. Looks good. like you got your head all shaved and polished up today. I changed the oil this morning, buddy. <laughs> nice. Changed the oil. Looking That's good. Right. <laughs> Looking good. And uh, we've got Rob Adi on the other end, also with a uh, nice clean-shaven head today. Nice. Yeah, polished. I'm following my boss's lead. That's what you got to do to be successful, right? That's model, right. model your boss there, yeah. That's so. right. How many people <laughs> in safety have shaved heads? We're moving on up. Yeah, it's uh, getting to be a prerequisite, yeah. yeah. So we yeah. got at least three, four, yeah, we're flirting around, maybe four or five. Yeah, we yeah. can blame COVID for that, I think. So. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't get haircuts. Or genetic. Yeah. Or genetics. Yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. genetics. is. Yeah. I'm going with genetics, yeah. yeah. And age, yeah. I had, uh, <laughs> I, had my, uh, I had my current style when I was about uh, 22, so that was well before COVID. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think I'm going to join your club, guys, so I'm going to. I'm going to stay with the hair club, I think, for now. Yeah. Uh, my my grandfather, uh, rest in peace, uh, lived to be the ripe age of 103. And that man had a full head of hair throughout his life. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Good genetics. Yeah. Had a nice long life. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know, today, it's a beautiful day here in Dubuque, by the way. Um, and I'm, hopefully it is wherever you're watching and, and listening uh, from as well. And uh, I also see a yard that uh, is getting cleaned up here in Dubuque. There's fewer trucks and trailers on the yard, so that's kind of a good sign. And I'm also seeing a, a lot more new trucks. I saw the, uh, the fourth color, the gray. I've seen the white, the red, and the black. And I saw the gray today for the first time, or silver. It looked pretty nice. What'd you, did you see the, the gray one? I haven't seen the gray one yet. Yeah, there's a couple of them uh, up online in front of the shop there. You can't quite see it from here. But, uh, you know, today's topic <coughs> of our podcast today, you could probably guess. I've got uh, a couple of folks on either side of me, bookending me today, that are uh, both representing a uh, very important part of the business, and and uh, their responsibility is to make sure that uh, Hirschbach is uh, doing everything it can be doing to uh, to be safe out there and uh, make sure that uh, we are not having accidents and we're complying with the uh, regulations and, and rules out there. And uh, today we're going to be uh, diving into uh, to that very very important topic. I guess I'll 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 kick things off a bit. Uh, we recently rolled out some some very substantial in, um, incentives uh, to the pay plan, and uh, in fact, uh, I had uh, I've had a couple of folks that say we're we're just we're just giving away the money type of thing uh, type of thing and. Uh, we're not. Uh, we're not giving it away. You've got to earn it, and uh, and and you do earn it. I mean, uh, y- you know, I've got a lot of respect and appreciation for your the tough jobs that all of you do, and uh, believe that you all should be able to earn top pay. And uh, we have top pay here at Hirschbach uh, with uh, definitely with these uh, new incentives that we've uh, rolled out. 
and um, you know you you do have to earn it and and earning it and in being uh, and doing so uh, that's uh, you know that's that's operating that's being out there that's working that's being uh, you know delivering on time and doing it safely uh, having that product arrive there intact making sure that you're not having close quarter accidents, making sure you're not having logging violations, speeding, all of the things that go into being a professional operator. Uh, you do those things here at Hirschbach and you're gonna make a lot of money. Um, and, uh <coughs> but there, ha there has been some, some questions as we've rolled out this new program. You know, what all are the things that I have to do to earn it? And, uh, you know, I wanted to uh, get Rob and, and Brian here today uh, to talk a, a little bit uh, about uh, some of those aspects um, in addition to, you know, um, not having an accident. Uh, what else do I have to do in, in order to earn it? And, um, you know, one of the things is, is, is really, you know, I'll, I'll touch on behavior, I guess. Uh, and. You know, everyone understands the obvious. You know, I have an accident, I don't earn it. Okay. Well, there are behaviors that uh, we see out there. And uh, I was out there uh, about three weeks ago or so. And, you know, there, there's behaviors that all of us see out there that are unsafe. And uh, they don't necessarily lead to an accident. But there's a much higher likelihood that that behavior will lead to an accident. And so uh, our safety coaches are monitoring a lot of these behaviors, and, and Rob is, is leading the safety coaches, and they're monitoring a lot of these behaviors, whether that's speeding, whether that's following too close. Um, and, um, you know, if, if, if those behaviors, uh, if we have folks exhibiting those behaviors, you know, we need you to, to listen to the safety coaches, and, and you know better, don't do those things. You know better. Uh, you shouldn't uh, need us to tell you not to do those things. Uh, but my message to you is, you know, if you do those things, um, you know, that's, that's part of the qualifications. Um, I've, been, I've uh, empowered uh, Rob and Brian and the safety coaches. If we've got someone uh, that is not listening and continuing to exhibit those sorts of unsafe behaviors, um, they have the ability to uh, withhold uh, the bonus, basically, uh, even though you didn't have an accident uh, because of the, the risky behavior. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, <coughs> I guess I'll uh, turn it over to uh, Rob. you want to touch on, take it over from here a little bit? Yeah, sure, Brad. Thank you. You really served that up well. Um, yeah, I really like how um, Brad talked about, um, you know, what, what constitutes or what makes up safety and um, certainly part of it is not having an accident uh, certainly part of it is not getting a citation or a roadside inspection violation um, I think uh, as Brad said we we all have seen people do very dangerous things on the road that don't lead to an accident that time uh, we all see we have all seen people speed and drive recklessly or carelessly and nobody caught them uh, you know, there wasn't a cop around to give them a ticket or a violation. Yet we all know those behaviors, like Brad mentioned, the behaviors were risky, they were dangerous, and it was really basically a matter of luck that that behavior in that situation didn't lead to a crash or that there wasn't someone to 
you know, police that driver for that driver rather than that driver just, um, you know, as Brad said, acting like a professional operator and, um, you know, driving the right way. So, uh, yeah, safety is, uh, uh, safety always goes back to behavior. And so, yeah, as part of earning your bonus, you need uh, to demonstrate the right safety behaviors um, to be qualified. And so we're going to, uh, as Brad said, we're going to monitor those behaviors and, and engage with you with the coaches. We'll reach out and um, help you understand, uh, you know, uh, if a driver's dis displaying some speeding or following distance or other kind of unsafe behaviors, we're going to be coaching and, and, and working to improve those. Now, this is a pattern of behavior. Um, you know, no one, uh, Rob, is going to uh, say, oh, you know, that, uh, you know, someone cut in front of you and you were following too close for one second and I'm going to withhold your bonus. I mean, we're not, you're, you're, we're not going to be uh, doing anything like that out there. Can you describe, you know, what that might look like from an operator's perspective on notification and so forth on, you know, no one's going to be a surprise that way they had their bonus withhold, correct? Yeah, that's correct for sure. And I want to go back to something you said earlier, Brad. Certainly everybody who um, uh, interacts with you from a safety coach perspective understands the challenges you face on the road and the environment you're in and how bad other people drive and that it's very tough uh, to operate safely in that environment. Um, and, and yeah, what, what, we, what we do is we, uh, you know, you're aware of this. We've got the Lytics camera system in the truck. Um, we, we pay attention to how uh, events are coming in. Um, if we see an event from someone and that driver is making the proper adjustments and, um, and choosing the safe behaviors after something else, uh, someone else caused a problem, then those events are, are looked at differently and, and frankly often aren't even coachable. Um, uh, as Brad mentioned, what we're getting after here is when a driver is just driving in a way consistently or regularly that is, uh, is unsafe. We want to identify those events. We want to interact with that driver, help uh, them understand uh, what was going on in that event, get their perspective on it, make sure we listen, and, um, and then get clear about what the expectations are and what the, what the, better, uh, what the better option is for behavior. Um, and then we, we look for improvement and we encourage improvement. And when we see improvement, we celebrate that improvement. Um, and for those drivers who just decide not to change, yeah, then we're going to escalate that and have additional coaching and let them know that uh, they very well could uh, enter into this safety improvement plan. And then um, in that situation, then they won't be qualified uh, to earn that bonus uh, for a period of time. And I always feel a little bad when we have these sort of uh, conversations like this about, you know, withholding bonus and, and those sorts of things. In that, uh, I know that I'm, I'm, we're, we're speaking to a very, very, very small percent of the operators. Um, you know, the vast, vast majority of all of you here at Hirschbach that are operating the equipment do an incredible job operating it safely and professionally. And, um, and I can't thank you enough for the incredible jobs that all of you do. So I always feel a little bit bad when we're speaking to a, a small percent of the people that are misbehaving. Uh, but I also want all of you, the vast majority of you that are operating professionally and are doing the right things all the time, 
when you know um, that we are going to ensure that everyone here at Hirschbach uh, is a professional operator and is operating the equipment properly and rest assured that uh, if people are misbehaving they're not gonna stay here at Hirschbach and and that's my commitment to the vast majority of you that really we're not speaking to is is have have some take away from this that uh, we are committed to operating properly and safely and in being the safest fleet in North America yeah thanks Brad yeah and I'll echo that too um, uh, there's nothing that excites a coach more than when they see good driving and they get a chance to interact with that driver about it and um, and right behind that is when a driver has had some challenges and then they've uh, been coached and uh, improved their performance then that's just another such I just can't tell you the energy around the coaching area when um, when we see that and I'm really glad Brad b brought up the part about a, a small percentage unfortunately that's how it goes when we do big big forms of communication many drivers that this doesn't apply to um, hear it uh, so I'm glad you carved out that this is a uh, um, we got a lot of lot of drivers hitting high marks on safety, and it's important we celebrate that success. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> All right. So, again, uh, I want every one of you to make a lot of money and earn it, right? And and um, and and so you have that opportunity. Uh, we are not going to pay it out to those of you that are not earning it, and. Uh, uh, can, and I want to again thank all of you that uh, are doing such a great job out there. Uh, we are going to uh, talk about some other topics uh, today uh, in addition to uh, kind of the earning your bonus uh, is the first topic. Uh, what do we want to go to next? Well, there's a couple other things we're working on uh, on the safety and uh, risk end and the compliance end. Um, first of all, I'll talk about the hours of service and the new uh, uh, split uh, split sleeper berth. As you know, the uh, um, FMCSA issued some new rules here about a month ago, month and a half ago, um, that allow you to take a 7-3 split instead of an 8-2. And um, it also allows you for that three-hour split um, to continue to uh, pause your 14-hour clock. Um, when we rolled this out, um, we were having some difficulty with uh, Geotab, which is our, our e-log provider through TransFlow, um, in administering that. And any time you wanted to do a 7-3 split, you had to call into the logs department and uh, have them uh, basically switch you over to a different subset of rules so that uh, it would reflect on your hours of service correctly. Uh, happy to report a few weeks ago we were able to um, make it so that you can do that manually. There's a uh, what I call a toggle switch on your hours of service. You can switch uh, over to that new rule set on your own. I would caution all of you that, uh, um, and the way it works is when you when you take your se your seven or your three in whatever order you take it in, um, make sure you toggle that thing before you take your break, and then after you come off that break, make sure you toggle it back, or else it's going to show you might have available hours when actually you don't. Um, and again, if you ever have any questions on that stuff, make sure you call in, call into the logs department, and they can work through through it with you and, and uh, tell you exactly what kind of hours you have left on your clock before you uh, before you uh, uh, continue on with your trip. But the important thing is that is that you can do that yourself now and not have to call into safety each time 
you want to do a 7-3 yeah. split, and, and frankly, I would take advantage of that. It's a great rule. It gives you a lot of flexibility with your day, and you're, uh, uh, you're no longer counting against your 14 when you're um, waiting around for a load and you're, you're, you're clearly off-duty. Um, it's, it's a great way to, to manage your clock, so I would encourage all of you to use that as much as you can. Um, Let me clarify. I just wanted to clarify something, Brian, that you had said as far as changing the toggle from the normal uh, 70 hour, I think it says 70 maybe or something like that. I don't know what it says for normal. but Correct. And correct. then I think it says 70 and the other one says like split or 7-3 split. Correct. But once you flip it, it's my understanding that it stays flipped until you elect to flip it back. Is that correct? That's correct. And that's where a driver can get themselves in trouble if you forget to flip that flip that toggle back to but the you seven. Can, but if you want to keep it on 7-3, you can. Correct. And, uh, correct. you know, in, in fact, I mean, it's it's everyone's choice. And, you know, always the, the rules and regulations, the hours of service are clearly the bare minimum. Um, you know, we want to follow those, whatever they are, whether you're doing the 7-3, whether you're doing the standard, follow the, the rules and regulations. And, of course, uh, even if your logbook tells you you got hours and, your body says you don't listen to your body okay that trumps it and uh, you all uh, need to uh, listen to your bodies and safety does trump service I, I will tell you that safety is a value uh, service is a really really high priority of ours here at Hirschbach and we do a great job of delivering our product on time to our customers but uh, it never trumps uh, safety so please whether it's uh, you're tired whether it's the road conditions, um, uh, error on the side of safety, and uh, if that's going to put that load in jeopardy, uh, raise your hand, communicate proactively, and uh, we will uh, honor uh, you as the captain of that ship and respect your decision. And uh, you know there might be a situation where we bring another driver in to relay that load uh, to get it there to the customer on time, uh, but uh, we never, never trump uh, the service over safety here at Hirschbach. Um, you know, with uh, the new 7-3 split, uh, Brian was saying, take advantage of that flexibility. Uh, I personally uh, would be using the 7-3, I, I think, all the time uh, myself. Um, I like the, I think it, it provides uh, uh, additional, fle the flexibility to me means uh, uh, safety. Uh, I think that it provides more, can, you can have more hours and, and do it safely. And I think I've used a couple examples, but, uh, you know, I had Ke Ken Yates was here a few weeks ago, and Ken was talking about the game that's played out there, and we, we all know the game. Uh, the game is I don't want my 14-hour clock to start, and uh, I've got a delivery somewhere in the morning, and uh, I'm getting there, you know, the night before, and I'm going to go there to the gate and check in and see if I can park there on site, even though I know they're not going to allow me to park there on site. And so then the game starts, right? And, and uh, then I can PC back to the truck stop. Maybe that's that truck stop that I just passed, you know, 10 miles, 20 miles down the road. So then I go back to the truck stop and I can PC back in the morning so my clock doesn't start, right? That's the game that a lot of people play. So with this 7-3, you can, uh, you know, stop at that truck stop on the way in. You know that you can't park at that receiver in the in, uh, at night. Start your clock in the morning as you drive in. 
And then while you're there unloading, you can, you know, if 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 you can uh, take a you can take a break and uh, have that stop your 14-hour clock, and you eliminate all that gamesmanship and that extra driving. And that extra driving is uh, just a risk that you can uh, have an accident, and uh, it's more wear and tear on your body and so forth. And so that's a great example, I think, of uh, the benefit from a safety perspective with the 7-3 split. The other example I like to use is my hometown, Chicago. Traffic is terrible going through Chicago. You're going through there at 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and your 14-hour clock is clicking away. You know, you're tired. You don't want to fight your way through traffic. Pull over, get something to eat, take a nap. Um, have that be your short break or your long break, either one, and either one of them is going to stop your 14-hour clock. Um, so I, I really, one of the things I didn't like about the old hours of service uh, when they made that 14-hour clock keep running and running and running was I felt that it really created some unsafe situations where drivers felt um, that they had to drive even though weather conditions, road conditions, body conditions said otherwise. So I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs> but uh, no, no, you're exactly right, Brad. The FMCSA listened to all of you. Um, everyone wanted some flexibility with the hours of service. Remember when e-logs came out, drivers were frustrated about the e-logs. No, the frustration wasn't about the e-log. The frustration was with the hours of service mm -hmm. and the lack of flexibility. And then this is, um, you're getting uh, exactly what you wanted and what we wanted, and that was a little bit of flexibility with them. And so with the e-logs, you know, I mean, in the old days when we had the paper logs, you know, figuring out the, the splits was a little challenging. But e-logs just does the math for you and tells you what you got. Right? It makes it a lot easier. Yeah. For sure. What yeah. else? Um, talk about a couple other things, Brad. You had mentioned, you know, stopping when the weather is uh, um, is ripe, uh, uh, ripe out there, and it's a good time of year to be talking about this. In fact, unfortunately, weather came early this year. Winter is. Uh, we've already had some snow here in Dubuque. I, I know in Texas they were getting snow today. Oh, uh, yeah. I, so winter has started early here. Um, there's some new training. In fact, Rob rolled out a video this week, I believe, on on some winter. Uh, on some winter training, is that right? Yeah, we put out a video this week and we'll have another one today uh, out. Uh, so what we're gonna do is put out uh, some winter guidance, some winter training that uh, in small bite-sized pieces for you, uh, be on the app and our intranet. Uh, the first one was just some basic, uh, you know, introduction to winter and about uh, just, uh, you know, Brad already mentioned one of them. Uh, sometimes the best thing to do in winter is to not drive if you don't think it's safe to drive. Uh, so uh, find a safe and legal place to park or stay where you're at, you know, plan your trip, get ready to drive, communicate with your manager. If you are going to choose to drive, um, well, I mean, I don't need to tell you this. It's worth saying as a reminder. I tell you, reduce your speed when those conditions are anything less than ideal. Uh, part of having the right speed is to adjust that speed for conditions. And, um, and then one of our other protective driving techniques is to have the right space. And in winter time, uh, if there's any kind of problem with traction or visibility, if, if you open up your following distance even more, you know, than what you normally need, you're gonna go such a long way to operating successfully and safely in winter and protecting the people you share the road with. So just some of those, those basic uh, winter uh, best practices uh, we've got in that video. And then uh, the next one coming out is uh, one of your safety teammates, Tony Cropfel, is talking about how you can keep yourself safe and comfortable in your uh, vehicle 
uh, by having the right winter supplies and being ready that way. So we'll, uh, we'll roll these out on a regular basis and keep some good stuff in front of you. Um, and we're looking forward to it. So you're, uh, you're safe this winter and you're helping the folks you share the road with get home this winter. Yeah. You know, Rob, you were talking about spacing and uh, increasing your space uh, for winter driving. And that spacing is, is so critical in any conditions. Um, you know, and, and one of the things that uh, I, I think so critical is having that mindset that if something happens, I need to be able to stop this vehicle. Can you, can you maybe touch on that a little bit? Um, you know, we, we see some operators that don't give themselves yeah. enough space and, and, and then they're looking for a quick out yeah. and, and that doesn't turn out uh, very good a lot of times, does it? No, it doesn't. And, um, you know, part of our protective driving techniques is to make the right response to a hazard in front of you. And uh, there's, uh, there's some thinking that, uh, that some drivers have that when they see trouble in front, the first thing they want to do, like Brad said, is start to kind of look for some out to go to. And the problem with that is that is generally not an ability to get a good assessment of what's going on over there where you might want to go. And the other problem with that is that if you see somebody over there where you want to go, well, guess what? You can't go over there anymore. And by that time, by, by the time all that kind of confusion has taken place, some, some drivers either hit somebody over there or I like to say that that has stolen their following distance, right? So, so now the only choice is to what? stop and by this time it's too late so the best response the right response to that hazard in front of you is to get off the power and get ready to stop and stop if you need to and that's why your following distance and your speed are so essential for that um, that protects the folks in front of you uh, front of you from a rear-end crash and making the right response protects the folks alongside you from those drivers who want to you know think they can make a quick little move in a tractor trailer that weighs 80,000 pounds and is going 60,000 miles an hour. You know, that looking for an out might work well for someone on a motorcycle, right? Might work okay for me and my Camry, right? Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't doesn't really work well for the per, a person driving the biggest vehicle out on the road. So, yeah, um, in general, that space in front of you is, is so essential. And then in winter or any other kind of challenging conditions, visibility, traction, um, anything at all, open that up. You know, let those people move in front of you. And if you've got enough space in front of you, you know, they're looking to get away. They're going to generally pull off. I know some of them are going to be that, 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 that kind of fool who just kind of lingers or loiters. And you have to slow down a little bit to adjust for that person. In general, though, give them that space. Mm -hmm. uh, they'll pull away. And um, and that's gonna uh, that's gonna produce uh, produce safety. Yeah, it, it is just so critical, and um, I know we're we're talking about some of the material that'll be covered, and and is being covered in our um, protective driving uh, seminar that we're we've rolled out to uh, the new drivers, and actually uh, I think we had a, another podcast where we talked about reinvigorating our all into zero program and uh, really this protective driving is is sort of the cornerstone around it uh, we have uh, since uh, we did the podcast uh, we are training everyone as we talked about uh, everyone in the organization 
and uh, we've been going through uh, all the office personnel, right? Yeah, you bet. And uh, all the new drivers that have been joining us uh, for probably the last uh, couple months or so. Yes, sir. And I uh, wanted to, uh, you know, all of you that have not uh, received this training uh, as of yet, uh, you're going to. And, uh, you know, we're going to, as part of the uh, earning your, your pay at, at Hirschbach, uh, there will be some training that you'll need to uh, complete uh, on a monthly basis. And uh, good stuff, uh, whether it's uh, winter training, winter driver training, um, all sorts of, of good topics. Uh, we'll administer most of these um, online through our Luma platform, but uh, and part of uh, this protective driving will be done uh, online as well. Uh, but there is going to be another part of it that needs to be done face-to-face, -face, and uh, that's uh, going to be about an hour and a half seminar that uh, all of you will be uh, routed in to various locations uh, to, uh, to have that done. Uh, our goal is to see that uh, by the end of the first quarter uh, that we uh, get everyone in the organization uh, through that really important uh, seminar. I think I've mentioned before I've been through it a couple times and uh, it really uh, caused me to think differently. You know, I felt I was a safe driver whether it was in my vehicle or in the truck and uh, I changed uh, the way I operated uh, going through this seminar and, and uh, I'm confident all of you will, will find it's well worth your time. Yeah, Brad, thanks. Uh, I mentioned just a little bit about doing the classes with uh, your teammates in the office. Um, one of the things that comes out of, of those classes is, is they get a new appreciation for the challenges you face and the importance of your work. Um, it's not that they haven't appreciated it before, it's just it puts it forefront there and and it really helps them understand their role in supporting you and supporting each of us as our primary role is to support our driving teammates. And it really helps them understand and get perspective and think about how they can make sure that they're doing that to help you do your important work out there. Yeah. Um, so we also, we're gonna, we also have a new process that we wanted to make you all aware of. And uh, again, for the small percent of people that do have accidents, fortunately most of the accidents we do have, a larger percent are non-preventable. Correct. Um, but we have a process, uh, I believe we, we utilize uh, the American Trucking Association uh, accident guidelines for determining preventability. And, um, but uh, we have a new process when an accident does occur, whether it be preventable or non-preventable. Uh, Brian, you're going to roll that out on Monday, I believe, right? Yeah, for sure. Our intentions here are twofold. One is to give you uh, more information about when an accident claim is opened um, and you were the, the operator of the truck at the time. One, to, to, to put you on notice that there was an accident and a claim open. Whether it's preventable or not, you're going to be notified through uh, your Transflow system. You'll get an, a, a message on Transflow that there was a claim opened on, on the, uh, for the piece of equipment that you were involved, uh, that you were in at the time. And it's also, the second thing it's gonna do is give you a voice um, when you feel as the operator that a claim um, it, it, it shouldn't be preventable. So um, when we open up a claim and the claim adjuster hits enter after they enter all the information about the claim, uh, you will immediately get a notification 
through Transflow that a uh, accident uh, occurred in the truck that you were in, whether it was preventable or not. And if it, w if it was preventable, uh, how we do it internally before we hit enter uh, from the claims unit, the claims uh, department and the safety department get together and make an initial determination on preventability uh, based upon the information that they have. And sometimes they don't have enough information. Um, if they don't have enough information, it's put in what we call undetermined status. And we then go, the claims department works hard to find out more information so that we can make a determination on preventability. And once you get that notification, uh, there's going to be uh, two buttons for you to click. One, um, I agree with the preventability determination. Or two, I disagree. And if you disagree, that's fine. We welcome that. We want to uh, hear your voice. We want to make sure that we, we listen and gather every single fact about the accident that we can. Um, we spend a lot of time, Rob, don't we, uh, uh, looking at every angle we can uh, and every, piece, every fact we can uh, putting ourselves in the shoes of a driver when we determine preventability. Yeah, for sure. These, uh, these aren't decisions that are taken lightly. We know the implications on a driver's career. We know the implications on a driver's um, pride in their work. Uh, we know the implications on um, uh, how you earn money here at Hirschbach. So, yeah, no, it's not a uh, we, – we, we lean into this stuff, and we, we make sure that we, uh, we get this stuff right. Yeah, we spend many hours a week as a group uh, working on preventability of, of claims. So in the event you do click disagree, and again, we would encourage that um, if you think it's warranted, um, what will happen is we have a group of independent people that weren't part of the initial – decision um, that will listen to the, all of those collectively on a weekly basis and that that group of people who have a lot of experience in the industry uh, decades mm -hmm. uh, collectively decades of experience in the industry um, that are from uh, VP levels to, to director levels in the organization are going to take another close look um, from an objective base on an objective basis starting from scratch um, and, and make the final determination on preventability using those those ATA guidelines. Yeah, so. you bet. Yeah, I would just say that the first group uh, making the determination also has uh, a lot of experience in, in training and puts a lot of thought into uh, making a, a fair determination, but those these folks are, are also uh, highly trained and, and skilled in assessing and using the ATA guidelines. Yeah, yeah and the special part is it's a fresh set of eyes. Yep. It's not someone that yeah. a different angle of looking at things, a different perspective. Um, someone that hasn't already listened to part of the facts versus all of them. This this group is going to be totally independent mm -hmm. from the first group. So, well, before uh, I wrap this up, uh, gentlemen, are there any other topics that uh, we need to uh, share with uh, the fleet at the company? I don't think so. Just again, reiterate. Um, uh, how much we value, how much I value, and how much your uh, safety coaches value our opportunity to work with you and, and help. And uh, again, this this idea of winter is here and winter is coming, uh, so important. Uh, it presents new challenges. So um, you can get it right this winter if you choose to. And so I encourage you to choose all the right behaviors and, and do that so you get the folks home that you share the road with and that your loved ones uh, get to see you back home nice and safe and sound and successful as well. And uh, if I don't get a chance to connect with you before the holidays uh, on this platform, the holidays are coming up. And so I wish you very uh, happy and, uh, and safe holidays.
Anything on your end, BK? You good? I've got nothing. You got nothing? All right. <laughs> Thank you to all of you yeah. for what you do out there for from the bottom of our heart. Seriously, it's a tough job. We yeah. appreciate and, and care about every one of you. You bet. Absolutely. Uh, well, I'll just uh, conclude with uh, summarization. Uh, we went through uh, several important topics here, but uh, the theme is, uh, you know, we've got great uh, opportunities for all of you to uh, have very, very successful careers here at Hirschbach. And uh, we want to see all of you be here for many, many years to come and retire from this company with a very successful career. Uh, having a lot of fun and uh, making uh, good money along making good money along the way and uh, you can make a lot of money here at Hirschbach uh, again uh, earn it and um, and uh, you'll be uh, you'll, you'll be doing quite well and with those holidays coming up uh, you should have uh, uh, plenty of money to uh, fill up uh, uh, underneath that tree so to speak <laughs> So uh, we also have, um, you know, uh, <coughs> an important event coming up on Tuesday. Um, we have an election here in this country. And uh, regardless of uh, what your political views are, I would uh, encourage all of you to do your civic uh, responsibilities. And if you haven't uh, voted, get out there and vote. I know uh, as a driver it requires a little bit more planning and, and so forth. We're getting down towards the... Uh, the final here, uh, but there is voting, early voting at, at, in many states, and you know, uh, with COVID and so forth, uh, there are some additional challenges out there um, with uh, some offices that are normally open being closed and uh, how many people they're allowing into buildings and so forth. But uh, your vote matters. Uh, I would just encourage everyone to uh, to get out there and vote. So, and. Uh, with that, uh, we will go ahead and conclude today's uh, video podcast. Thanks, everyone. Uh, have a great, uh, have a great day. Be safe, and hope to see you around sometime soon. Bye now. Thanks for listening to the What's Your Drive podcast. We'd sure appreciate it if you subscribe or shared the podcast with a friend. Leave us a review, and if you'd like to see more, stop by our website at What's Your Drive Dash Podcast. While you're there, leave us some feedback on the show and share your future topic ideas. Roll safe, everyone.